podcast all right and welcome back to the nosebleed seats podcast this is episode number 51 i am your host matt don't wait up fiori joining me as always it is my co-host the man whose one name just was not enough liam the insider mufasa mccarran we are back it's been a grip to say the least i mean it's been a couple months reasonings um just busy summer work (laughs) work yep work working full-time trying to get that paper um but yeah just overall just really busy so finally back here we 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 were we want to get an episode out before the the patriots kick off in less than or just a little over two weeks now they start their regular season um, they're in the midst of their training camp and preseason right now, so we thought this would be a good time to get back into it and talk some paths as well as the streaking Boston Red Sox. We'll touch base with them at the end, but Liam, I know it's been a while, so how have you been? I've been good. Uh, you know, seen you almost every day this summer, considering we work together, but uh, yep. with work, school, and a uh, bunch of other stuff. Uh, you know, just haven't had time to record lately, but I think we both just uh, were like, you know what? Let's just get back at it. So we're yep. back. Um, why I tweeted the GIF out today. And I'm um, very, very excited to be back and not talk about, to talk about sports in an environment that isn't a bar. Yeah, exactly. So the Patriots are 2-0 this preseason. Uh, they've had two pretty convincing wins, especially uh, their one versus the Eagles last week. Blew them out of the water. Uh, take what you will from that. I mean, uh, I, obviously final scores don't really matter in the preseason, but obviously to an extent it does, I'd like to think, just because I mean, the more points you put up on offense means the better you are. The more guys, the deeper you, you are uh, from a roster standpoint and – I mean, the less points you give up on defense, I mean, it shows the same way. It'll be up just the other way around on defense. So uh, that is a positive I've, I've taken away from uh, their preseason. And this is a team 
that is coming into this season with so many headlines. It's um, kind of unusual because although all the Super Bowls we would win and how good we would be every single year, um, they really would never do too, too much during the off seasons, uh, just given that they were kind of binded like financially with their cap space. Um, but boy, did that change. Obviously, we hit on all their free agent signings uh, during the winter and drafting a quarterback in the first round and potentially a guy you're going to be seeing very, very soon. So I want to lead off with that. I want to lead off with the Mac Jones talk. Um, pretty fitting so because of his, his performance he put on today in joint practices versus the Giants. Uh, he was overall like 35 of 40 today between 7-on-7 seven seven and 11-on-11 11 11 drills. Um, he had a, a streak of 18 consecutive completions against the starting Giants defense who ranked 11th in total defense from fantasy, from a fantasy football standpoint. So um, definitely not just like some slouch defense. The Giants uh, have a lot of good names back there and Mac Jones tore them up to be, to be simple. So um I'm going to throw it over to you. I just want to hear what you think of Mac, what you've seen from him, and what's the, what's the next step with him? Um, yeah, so I think one of the last times we talked was right around after free agency, and we were talking about Jones. And I don't think either of us thought, because I know right now everyone in New England's kind of pissed at Cam Newton, and everyone's clamoring for Jones, and as everyone should be. Everyone should be jonesing for Jones, so to say. But, I mean, I think we all know kind of what his ceiling is. Um, I don't think any of us expect him to be Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, that caliber of quarterback. I think more realistic comparison would be like a Kirk Cousins and an Alex Smith, which if Mac Jones turns out to be either of those quarterbacks, that is a win for the New England Patriots. I don't care what anyone says. Alex Smith and Kirk Cousins are both unreal quarterbacks. Um, I think going into the camp, I thought we all thought Jones has to catch up to Cam. I think to the shock of the Patriots mainly, um, he caught up to him, like relatively quickly. Yeah. I, I mean, almost immediately. I mean, yeah. Jones has impressed from the start of camp. Uh, any gap that Cam Newton gained is gone, was gone last week. And, I mean, me personally, with what happened what ha- with what happened this week with Cam Newton, I don't go – I don't know how you go back to him. Um, listen, you don't want to get vaccinated. It's completely okay. Cam, you don't need to. It's in the NFL rules. You don't need to be vaccinated. You just have to abide by a certain amount of rules. Fair enough. He did not. Yeah, it's like how, like the rules are the rules. Like how dumb can you be? If this happened, we're lucky this happened in the preseason where he misses a week that really doesn't matter. If this happened during the normal season, like we'd be screwed for a week because then Jones, like it, it would throw everyone off in the entirety of our offense. To where, like, if this happened during the regular season, we probably would lose that week solely because of Cam Newton. Not saying that mm-hmm. Mac Jones couldn't step up, but, I mean, Mac's impressed. Mac's had a huge 
huge, 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 huge preseason and an even bigger day today where I think both me and you were saying earlier this week that this this day today, preseason with the joint practices with the Giants is the biggest day of the preseason for Mac Jones with Cam Newton out. Mac is going to get the first team reps against another opposing defense and he lit it up. I, I just don't get how Bill can go with Cam after what's happened this whole preseason, especially what's happened this week and how Jones has slid into that number one role perfectly. Yeah. I mean, the the one thing I can't help but notice with Mac Jones is he's just gotten better and better. And I think that is just such a huge, huge X factor towards this. Um, just being a rookie and stuff, you come in, you start off the preseason against the, the Washington football team. He did pretty good. He wasn't amazing. Uh, he had a couple really good throws that ended up being drops. Uh, and other than that, it was just kind of more like check downs, first read type throws. And then the next week you joint practice against the Eagles. And from what I heard, he was fine in that. And then in the game, he was way more impressive than he was versus Washington. I thought he made a lot more better, uh, more difficult throws. Uh, he was precise. The throw to Nikhil Harry, which got, which ended up leading to Nikhil being hurt, that was a beautiful throw. Uh, Nikhil's got to come down with that catch. Absolutely perfect throw over the defensive back's shoulder. Um, and then, obviously, this week, Cam Newton goes down. Mac Jones is given an opportunity to – to practice with the first team guys and he absolutely blows away the giants. Uh, he, from what I read on Twitter, from all the, the Patriots the training camp guys that are all there, they said it wasn't even like a competition between him and Daniel Jones and all the other quarterbacks. He was far and above. He looked like the only NFL quarterback on the field. So um, quickly before, before I say anything else, um, I know what I said. I know what I said a while back. I, I hated this pick. I, I was so sold on any of the other four uh, quarterbacks that were drafted ahead of him. Um, and when they drafted him, I kind of went on a little rampage. I'm not going to say I'm wrong just just yet because I think it's a little little too premature to say that as of right now. Way too early. Way too early. Yeah. But I'm saying this. It's it's getting close that I had my, my take was just brutal. No. Awfully cold. Ask me this, Matt. If if Justin Fields came out last year in the draft and there was no quarterback between Lance and Jones, would you be as upset upset with the pick? Um, probably at the, not. At the time, think about past, Matt. <laughs> probably not. The, I, I mean, I, the the only reason why I just never came around with liking him is because obviously the other four could, could run, could throw, could just do everything. Just like all tool quarterbacks. And like, just when I would watch those Bama games, I'm not like, it's not his fault, but I'm saying like, he was so like, his offense was so loaded around him that like, he wouldn't even have to make like second or third read throws. Like he would just like snap the ball, look up and, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle is wide open because they're facing defensive backs who aren't even in the same stratosphere as them. 
But, I mean, he made all the throws, so, I mean, like, I can't really, like, hate him that much. But, I don't know, I just never, like, there was never a moment where I was like, wow, like, Mac Jones is the reason why Bama is so good. That makes sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think, I think if, I think the big issue why some people were low on Jones, though, is because Fields, I think Jones and Fields are going to be linked for the rest of their career because I feel like we were in the bid to trade up to that spot. We obviously didn't, and Chicago did. Yeah. And I think Fields, I mean, say what you will about Mac Jones, I, I personally thought he is a very good quarterback. I thought he was the fifth best quarterback out of five, which, I mean, say what you will. I mean, this is a loaded draft class with quarterbacks, so you could really have picked any of them and would have been a good pick in my opinion. But I think with Fields and Mac being the only two that potentially would slide out of the top ten, us not trading up might have rubbed people the wrong way. But I mean, we'll see. Yeah. I think, I think the the ceiling for Jones is probably the lowest of the five quarterbacks. But the basement for him is a very good basement, I think, yeah. and that's why I was always saying about him. Like, you kind of know what you get with this kid, and I mean, I'm excited for him. I want to see him go right off the rip. But yeah, we're not Bill Belichick, and. I just don't want another year, Cam. I love Cam. Like, I really do. He's so awesome. So cool. Just Heisman Trophy winner, national champion, NFL MVP. But, man, does he not have it anymore. And he, he wants yeah. He's walking around like he's, like, still an MVP. Like, dude, your MVP season was, like, seven years yep. ago. And you get That's paid exactly what I was going to say. You get paid $3 million. Yep. Three million dollars. There's backups making more than him. Like, oh my god, it it just frustrates me. I, if we go with Cam, I hope he does good. I want to be proved wrong, but I I just I can't do another year of this guy. He just doesn't have it anymore. The game passed him by, and it's it's okay. That happens to guys. It just I don't want it to happen to see a, him his career come to an end on our team and us not turn the page. You know. Yeah, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth. That was, just, that was exactly where I was going with the next point. I mean, this guy literally just walks around like he is some some X factor to this team. He, like, I get it. He's he's a good teammate. Like, that's great. I'd rather that than him being like a like a a douchebag and like I don't know rubbing off the wrong way towards the team because then like it's like your quarterback, but. At the same time, I feel like there's kind of a fine line with 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 what he should be doing, and like you go to like I went to the 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 what's it called the season ticket holder event at Gillette, and this guy was just like the whole time just on the sideline, just like dancing, like when he wasn't on the field, he was just like on the sideline, just like getting the crowd pumped up. Like it's like, dude, I get it. It's cool. Like it's fun for the kids and stuff and like you're building a brand and whatever but at some point you gotta like just cut the nonsense and like focus on your game a little bit more like show that like you're frustrated show that like you're not satisfied with the way you played last year and like show that you're determined not that i don't know he just rubs off the almost like satisfied look and 
not even close to what he should be doing after what he did last year. And quickly, the next point I wanted to say was the how you said you want you want uh, Mac in right away. I don't, and I'm stuck in a it's I'm really really stuck in a hard place here. I don't want Mac to start. I have always loved, I've always admired the way when teams draft a quarterback and let them sit. Look at Patrick Mahomes. He sat for one year. I'm not saying if you sit Mac Jones for a year, he's going to turn into Patrick Mahomes. But I think that, like just kind of easing a guy into a professional level game is the way it should and must be done. Uh, we've seen guys come in right away and be be fine, but usually those are all the number one picks. It's always the number one picks that come in right away and start and are good. And besides that, I feel like the numbers just aren't that good for guys that start day one versus guys who start week X. So yeah, uh, but. You're, to like to disagree with your point there, those are teams that have better options at quarterback, or at least salvageable options at quarterback. The Patriots don't right now. I mean, our our starting quarterback has missed this entire week, the last week of the preseason when we get to go up against another actual NFL team yeah. to practice. Like Mahomes sat a year. They had Alex Smith. Aaron Rodgers sat his first two seasons. They had Brett Favre. I'm trying to think of other examples off the top of my head, but like teams have like in the situations where teams sit their rookie quarterbacks, it's usually because they have another option. Lamar at the start of his rookie year, Joe Flacco was salvageable by the end of the season. Joe, Joe Flacco fell off a cliff. Then they went to Lamar. These teams that draft these quarterbacks and are willing to sit them, they usually have a quarterback at and on the team at the moment that can get the job done at least for one year and then give it to the new kid. Mm-hmm. We don't have that, that option right now. I don't think Cam Newton's really that playable at the moment. And I, I think like we're being forced to play the rookie quarterback much like, I mean, bit of a different example, but much like LA was last year when they were forced to go with Herbert. I mean, doctor screwed up. Tyrod Taylor gets hurt. Herbert has to come in. It's I think we don't have an option to have a successful season at quarterback right now. I'll say this. The Patriots schedule lined up right now is helping helping that this whole situation so much because let's run uh, let's let's play hypotheticals run through it. So I truly, truly believe that unless Cam Newton comes in on Sunday versus the Giants in their final preseason game and absolutely sucks, he will be the week one starter. I think Bill Belichick has rode that narrative for long enough. I know he's kind of taken back a little bit of it recently, but I mean, he's kind of had to just with this COVID stuff, but. He has said time and time again that Cam's our quarterback. Cam's our starter. So, fast forward, week one versus the Dolphins. The Dolphins are a good team, yes, but they're not nearly the best team you'll be playing this season. So, 
I think that's a really good test. The Dolphins are a good team. They're not a great team. So you'll kind of have a feel as to what Cam Newton can give you. And then you have the Jets, probably the worst team you're going to face this year outside of the Houston Texans. And if Cam Newton can't put up solid numbers or get you a win versus the New York Jets, then you're looking at Mac Jones coming in week three versus the Saints. And I think that's huge for them because there is a stretch of the year where they're, they're their schedule gets pretty tough. Like later on in the year, they go Browns, Falcons. You know, the Falcons is kind of an easy game. Titans, Bills, Colts, Bills. That's a brutal stretch of the year. Six weeks where you aren't, you're maybe guaranteed one win. So I think that knowing the, the schedules on the, the lighter side to start, helps this whole situation so, so much. Because ultimately, you're looking at week three, maybe week four, in where you find out who your quarterback is. So, no, sorry, I cut you off? No. So, I mean, I as much as I'm clamoring for Jones, I, I, I agree with you. I think it will be Cam. Um, I've always been saying it should be Jones, but I mean, it ultimately probably will be Cam. Um, I just think that's the way Belichick is. Um, I mean, when we listen to 98.5, uh, they always clamor at it that, uh, Belichick does not value the quarterback position nearly as much as, um, other teams do around the league. But I've been saying the whole year, if we, if we don't go to Jones week one, it better be week five because mm-hmm. I don't want him to – it would be very unfair for Mac Jones's first starts in the NFL to be against the Saints and the Bucks. Say what you will about like, how the Saints are going to look this year. That defense is still pretty solid down there in New Orleans. That's not going to be an easy game. They obviously don't have Drew Brees, but they didn't have Drew Brees for most of last year and the year before, and they still were a dominant team. And I really don't want the rookie quarterback that the Patriots are betting on their future with, so to say, to get one of his first starts in Tom Brady's return to Foxborough. And probably the only time Tom Brady and the Patriots will play against each other unless it's a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. So, or Brady plays four more years. But um, I think, I think if it's not week one, it better be better be after week four. If we go, if, if the Patriots ever do go to Jones, it, it, it either week one or after week four, mm-hmm. it, it, it's unfair to this kid to throw him out there week four. Yeah, I agree. Cause then they're like, he, he'd have to do so many like press conference stuff that like would be just brutal. People comparing him to Brady, like that's unfair for any quarterback, let alone a rookie quarterback to deal with. Cam yeah. can handle that pressure. I think Cam Cam's usually besides when he lost the Super Bowl has handled the media mildly well. Yeah. But we'll see. God, yeah. I love, I love that, that's what that, that would be brutal for sure. I, I don't think there's any chance unless he somehow starts before that game. If he's, I mean, let's say Cam sucks and they decide to go to Mac week two. 
they pull the plug on Cam just after one game, I mean, then I don't think from what, what I'm trying to say is I don't think they're like scared of that game. They're not like using that game as like a, a, a landmark of when like Mac Jones can or can't play. I think that if Cam, Cam Newton is whatever happens with him and gives you a reason to bench him and start Mac Jones, Mac Jones is going to play in that Bucks game and he's going to have to take it. It's just that simple. I mean, I'm not, Bill Belichick is not going to not put what's best for the team just because of an opposing opposing player. No, I, I, I agree completely. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to do that. I'm just saying Belichick probably doesn't. It's just another game to him. He probably hasn't even looked at it. Really, yeah. he just takes it one. He's probably mainly concerned about Miami week one. But yeah. I'm just saying I think it would be unfair to the kid. And I think no matter what, like, Granted, like, yeah, hey, could just be another game in New England, like, way we set up, hey, just another game. The media buildup for that game is going to be like a Super Bowl. And Mac Jones, no matter – unless he throws his phone into the Charles and destroys any sort of contact he has with the outside world and doesn't do press conferences or any sort of media up until that game, uh, he's – going to be asked about like Brady questions people comparing him to Brady will he live up to the hype will he be able to take the mantle I mean that's just a lot of pressure to put on a kid that I mean frankly like, at the end of the day is like the same age as us like I, I just think it's unfair in that aspect but as far as like actually playing the game I don't think it's unfair to him but I just think that would be brutal for him to you know deal with but I mean, what's good? What could be good with that is if somehow, some way, in a perfect world, the Bucks come in into Foxborough, and Mac Jones beats the Bucks. I mean, that's going to be a pretty sick press conference afterwards. I'd like to think for him. Oh yeah, be that'd be that'd be awesome for him. Yeah. I mean, trust me, that's that's ideal world. But I mean, dude, the the defending Super Bowl champs. We'll see. Yeah, 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 I know. All right, so let's shift focus from the quarterbacks. Um, there was a trade today. Um, New England Patriots shipped off running back Sony Michelle to the L.A. Rams for a 2022 sixth-round pick and a 2023 fourth-round pick. Obviously, Sony Michelle, a first-rounder, 31st overall a couple of years ago, um, came in. And was a pivotal part towards uh, their Super Bowl run versus who else but the Rams um, three years ago. Uh, he had six postseason touchdowns um, over the course of three games, and this is uh, this has been a pretty um, either which way trade. I mean, a lot of people are are upset at the value that we got back for him. Uh, there are people that wanted him gone, um, just thinking that he was crowding up the running back room. Um, I will tell you, I was one of those people. Was never really a big Sony Michelle guy. Never really understood why he was still getting carries last year when Damian Harris really got uh, a swing of things and showed off what he's capable of. And now you're seeing it even more. I mean, you're seeing it in the preseason. You have a running running back room that consists of Damian Harris, 
uh, fourth round rookie Ramondre Stevenson, who's gone off in two games preseason, but still, uh, still have James White. You have JJ Taylor, who might not have made the roster uh, if Sony was not traded. Um, and then Brandon Bolden, obviously special teams, but there was no way that the Patriots were going to carry five running backs. And they show that today. They trade Sony. So where do you stand on the trade? Um, yeah, we were talking earlier today when the trade broke. Um, I I summed it up as I think it's a win-win-win. Um, I had every side won um, for Sony. Um, he wasn't going to get reps here. Um, I think we all know that Harris is the guy now. Um, Harris proved it last year. He's the guy. Um, I think I think everyone around New England is a huge, huge fan of Damian Harris. And if you're not, you're an idiot, and you clearly aren't watching the games. Um, and then also our backup running backs, James White, who is arguably one of the best receiving backs in the NFL. Um, and then we got two young running backs in Stevenson and Taylor. Like, I mean, like it's it's a crowded running back room already and then throw in that could Sony Michelle have made the team? Yeah, probably, probably would have bumped Taylor off, but would he have gotten carries? No, there's three running backs ahead of him on the depth chart. Now in LA, he will get reps. He'll get probably the equivalent to the reps that he got here his rookie season. Now Rams win because they need running backs. Uh, Acres and um, who's the other guy they have that's out for the year now too? Oof, can't think. Yeah, I can't. They think. do have Daryl Henderson. That was going to be they, their guy. So they have they Acres is out for the year on a torn Achilles, and also Acres is probably out for a while on a torn Achilles. That's a brutal injury to come back from. Um, so they really needed running backs. Sony's a proven running back, proven against them nonetheless so i think that's a win for them and for us i mean a running back that maybe gets a snap or two every series i mean and getting a fourth and a fifth i mean that's worth it for us i think win 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 every team everyone in every party involved benefits from this trade and i mean everyone's saying oh we spent a first round pick on sony michelle running backs are like cars I mean, do you expect to get back in return what you bought your brand new car for three years later? No. And this isn't the same for every running back, and it's not the same for every position. But running backs are so interchangeable. Granted, hey, was it Belichick's best pick? No. Was it his worst pick? Nikhil Harry's still on the team. But he helped win the Patriots the Super Bowl. I'm looking at his stats right now. That postseason, 330 six rushing yards and six TDs in three games. That's, that's a pretty good postseason for me. Um, um, I very grateful for Sony Michelle killed it his rookie year, helped the Patriots win the Super Bowl. but you know, Hey, when it's time to go, it's time to go. And that's basically what I got to sum it up with. I was not a big Sony Michelle fan, but I will say this. I am not going to put the bus label on him. I know some people are, are, are saying that, um, Go down the list. Uh, since since Dante Hightower and Chandler Jones got drafted in the first round in 2012, the Patriots have done this 
2013, did not have a pick. 2014, Dominic Easley. Oh, bust. stud. <laughs> bust. Don't let Liam fool you, please. This, <laughs> I don't even know where this guy's. This guy's serving Big Mac somewhere right now. but I'm, I'm not going to lie. I don't even know who that is. <laughs> exactly. Their next pick was Malcolm Brown. Serviceable defensive tackle for a couple years. Not nearly as lived up upon to a first-round pick. 2016-2017, um, they did not have a first-round pick. Uh, 2018, Isaiah Wynn. Good? Yes. I think mean, big we'll see coming up. But this he has season. not been on the field enough to the point where you can say that was a great pick. Then obviously Sony Michelle at thirty one, and then Nikhil Harry. So I mean, you're looking at these five names that I just listed: Easley, Brown, Win, Michelle, Harry. Sony Michelle is the best, the best, the best guy on there. Oh yeah, big time. So, I mean, you can't really label him a bust when you've done nothing else since 2012 in the first round. So I'm not going to not gonna label him that, but there was never a point where I watched Sony Michelle and said, wow, this guy is a first-round talent, especially after the whole Nick Chubb thing. I mean, you're looking at two guys that went to the same college – and yes, Nick Chubb was coming off a really bad injury, but he was still still healthy at that draft. He was all signs were a go for him, and they chose Sony Michelle over Nick Chubb. And I mean, that's kind of hard to look look past, uh, knowing how their careers have unfolded. But listen, it's a running back. You've said it best. They're just they're so. They're the most wild card position in sports that I can think of, maybe outside of a pitcher in baseball. Uh, just You just never know what you're going to get. They could – I mean, you're looking at guys that can so easily get injured, like we saw from Sony. He battled a number of injuries here. But, yeah, you said it. It's, it's Damian Harris time. He's a far more talented running back. Um you're giving him the load and you're clearing up just a lot, a lot of chaos for that running back room. You're just going to way more easily be able to employ Damian Harris on first and second downs. And then you bring in James White for third down. And I think that just helps so much. It just gives you a lot more clarity. And if whatever happens, happens, you have two other good running backs sitting right behind him, ready to go. So uh, this um, was a win-win trade, like you said. Win-win-win. Yes, win. exactly. Sony wins as well. Sony, the Pats, That's and the big. Rams all win the trade. If you, if you are a fan of Sony, Michelle, I know you said you weren't. I was cause, uh, mainly because of my buddy Berkey. Uh, he's a Georgia guy, so he kind of loved him. But, I mean, I'm happy for him. He wasn't going to play here. It's – it's fair like go he's on a contract year too like this is perfect for him as well like it's time to move on you know but, yeah knowing our luck he'll become a stud on the rims I'd, I'd very much so be happy if he does uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised 
but I'm I'm looking at or like the Patriots first round draft picks now. Why like where did Belichick just suddenly stop picking good players? Because look like, at that list before dude, the, are you, the Wikipedia page. Yes, look at the list right before Dominic Easley. It goes Vince Wilfork, mm-hmm. Ben Watson, Logan Mankins. Kind of messed up a Maroney pick. No. Brandon Merriweather, Gerard Mayo, Devin McCourty, Nate Solder, Chandler Jones, Dante Hightower. Nine pro bowlers and Nate Solder <laughs> and Ben Watson. And then, I mean, yeah, Maroney. But that that uh, that one's a fluke. That's why I shouldn't drop And even before that, look at that. It's Ty Warren, Daniel Graham, Richard Seymour. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> all nasty players. He just fell off All a cliff. Nasty. Huh? Like, I mean, geez. I mean, Malcolm Brown is all right, but, like, like yeah. that is very sad that the drop-off from, like, at least once every other year, Belichick's drafting a Pro Bowl player in the first round to he hasn't had one since 2012. Yep. Oh, my God. That's so gross. All right, real quick. Now that we're now that we've said his name, Nikhil Harry. Um, See ya. Yeah, I done. Mean, yep, I mean, I'm gonna agree. I think that you come in, you hear a lot of buzz around him. You see some sick catches in the beginning of training camp. We're all excited, thinking that maybe finally he breaks out. This is his, this is finally his year, and he's giving you nothing, nothing to through through two games. Um, like I said. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blame him for dropping a ball and then he gets hurt, but Mac Jones puts one on on a rope for him and he can't come down with the catch and then leaves with his arm in a sling. So it's just I don't wanna call it unlucky. I think it's a combination of being unlucky and just not fitting. I think that he does have some sort of talent. I just don't know if the Patriots are utilizing it more. I was talking William today about it we saw him make some really good plays and good catches I mean I often think of not a lot of people remember this but he did make a really nice grab versus the Chargers last year when they just kind of sent him on a go route and he pretty much mossed the corner that was on him if you haven't seen it go watch it I mean that's the receiver this guy is and it often makes me think why does this team just use him like that. Just use him as a wide out. Use him like a Randy Moss. Use him like the prototypical wide receiver X. Just line him up outside the boundaries and just let him go for deep balls. None of, no more of this underneath crap. Like I, That's just not who he is. He never was that. You knew when you drafted him, this is a guy that was going to, his strength was going to be going up and grabbing the ball. He wasn't going to amaze you with the creating separation he doesn't have that speed he does not have the Tyree kill speed but I mean look at him he's just a huge body and I think that using him in a more physical way where he can just fight off guys on the outside and go up and make plays for the ball and I just think he'd be way better off but for some odd reason they're just not they've they've time and time again gone away from that and I think that ultimately, Sunday versus the Giants is his final test. And I don't think I don't even think he's going to play. So um, you're probably looking at him going on 
like an injury reserve or like a the pup list or whatever it's called to start the year and then when he's cleared there's no guarantee that he's they're going to cut someone in the wide receiver room for him cuz it's pretty full right now no it it's a packed wide receiver room right now and i mean i i try my hardest to agree with you where I, I think we might just be the wrong system for him. Um, I really, really hope that's the truth. Um, but, I mean, just going off of what, what I'm seeing with him, he just isn't a first-round pick wide receiver. Mm-hmm. Like, he, like, if you look at the wide receiver, I mean, everyone brings it up with him, but you look at the wide receivers picked after him and the one pick before him, it's a huge drop-off to Nikhil Harry. The wide receiver in his draft class that he's probably most comparable to stat-wise is Andy Isabella, who has barely played for the Cardinals. And mm-hmm. you look at guys like DK Metcalf, who has picked an entire round, 32 picks after Nikhil Harry. I mean, it's like I feel bad for the guy. Like, I really do. I wish he could figure it out, but... I, I just think maybe a change of scenery is best for him. Um, he clearly doesn't have it, and he's also clearly, I mean, what, at best, our fourth best wide receiver? Like, and if you look at our wide receivers right now, it's Aguilar Myers born. This is how ESPN has him ranked. Then Nikhil, then Wilkerson. Slater's not going to get cut, and Oseshki, yeah. Gunner's not going to get cut. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. I mean, so there's six. Yeah, there's there's six wide receivers ahead of him right there. Technically wide receivers. I mean, Slater and Gunner are more special team guys. But, I mean, is Belichick going to hold on to him? I, I don't think so. And especially with him being paid first-round wide receiver money. I just don't I, – I don't think Nikhil's staying in New England, and I completely agree with you. Where right now he's hurt, so it's probably going to be hard to trade him. But I think he's got pup, pup lists written all over him, and, yeah. or IR. And I think if he's not gone by the end of the season, I'll be shocked. Just, like, look at the depth on this team. Like, look, just look away – you don't even have to look at the wide receivers. Just look at the – go down the depth chart and look on defense of how many guys that they have that should be making this team. When you're essentially putting Nikhil Harry on this roster, you're taking you're taking away a job from one of these guys that very well deserve it. And, like, you can say the same thing for, like, tight ends. You have, you have Hunter Henry, Jonu Smith, Devin Asiasi. And they just picked up some guy today off waivers that apparently was like pretty high up on a lot of people's boards, and like he was going to go off the waivers by like a couple other teams. Look at the O line. I mean, it's just like it's one less roster spot that you can use on another one of these depth guys that can do both, like play special teams and their given position. When Nikhil Harry can't, he can't play special teams. I mean. This guy can't even block. He can't even block for his oh assignments. Yeah, we all saw the video. Him trying to block is like yeah. Tebow trying to block. You're telling me you want to put that on special teams? 
given how seriously this franchise takes special teams, no it, chance. How many how many games since me and you have been able to watch games have we won and lost with special teams? I mean, it's countless. too many. We've, we've, I mean, off the top of my head, I three Super Bowls we've won from special teams. I mean, Venetary, yeah. Venetary, and then the Rams Super Bowl. Special teams won us that Super Bowl and defense, but special teams too. I mean, mm-hmm. special teams are so important to the New England Patriots, and that's why Slater has a job. So Slater might be a Hall of Famer just based on his special teams resume alone. And then Gunner has a job because he's our kick returner right now. Nikhil can't mm-hmm. do anything. He's not, he is not the best at any single thing on the New England Patriots right now. And he is just, since his career started, has been getting blown out of the wire, out of the water from undrafted free agent Jacoby Myers. Myers has blown him out of the water when it comes to, he is a first round pick and an undrafted free, undrafted free agent. Myers has looked incredible. Nikhil is the one that actually looks like he is the undrafted player. And I think I, I, for his sake, I, I really hope that it's just our system and he, it's New England. I mean, hey, mm-hmm. trade him. I don't know what we can get for him. I mean, I'd rather get something for him than nothing. Because I, I think he's he's getting dangerously close to just being cut. I mean, listen, they kind of missed their chance here. And it, that that's one part one part that scares me with trading him is that there was a stretch of time where there was buzz around him. Like I said, there were at the beginning of training camp, there were videos of him making awesome acrobatical catches. And I feel like that's the time where you're going to get the most value for him. And I know they were probably thinking like, Oh, maybe let's go see this in a game. Let's see like what he can do. And they just kind of like tested their luck. But I mean, now it's like, I feel like the value is even lower than where it was when he requested the trade in the off season. So I think you're looking at, you're looking at a situation here where I think cutting him is probably is what's going to happen. I I just don't think, I don't know. That's so just tough to look at what we got for Sony, dude. Like Sony Michelle, like I know what, we I'll say what I want and say that I wasn't a fan, that he wasn't that good, but stats are stats. Like he still like did some stuff and we're only getting a sixth rounder and a, a fourth next year. Like if we're trading the keel, we're lucky to get like a sixth round pick. You're looking yeah, at a sixth or seventh round pick. I mean, hell fucking that's where Belichick kills. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would take anything for him other than, I, I think I like to at least be blindly optimistic that there is a team out there that will take a waiver on him. I, I, I think that I honestly think he's just going to end up being put on injury reserve. I think Bill's going to say, listen, bro, like we're going to cut you or you can like stay on our team just on the injury reserve for four or five weeks and then come back and we'll make a decision from there. But, like, we can just cut you now if that's what you want. And I ultimately think he's going to want to just stay on the team because. Might as is, well at that point. Is there another team that's going to 
take a flyer on him? Uh, I can't really think of one off the top of my head now. Exactly. After. Exactly. Uh, I mean, he, his injury this year, too. If he just, just did the right thing, he wouldn't be hurt right now. I mean, uh, yep. well, on the bright side, he isn't the biggest bust in that this draft class because he was also drafted the same year as Dwayne Haskins. So we got that to at least be feeling good about. That is true. All right. I mean, I feel I feel good about it. I mean, we didn't have the biggest bust. Yeah. We're up there, but not the, not the worst. Not the worst. So one more thing I want to hit on with the Patriots is something that hasn't been really talked about. Uh, the Stephon Gilmore situation currently still sitting out. Um, looking for a pay raise. What we did see was the Miami Dolphins figure out their settlement, so to speak, with their Pro Bowl corner, Xavier Howard. They, if I'm not mistaken, they just kind of bumped up his bonuses and they gave him like four and a half million more and like bonuses or something like that. They didn't like extend him. But I'm just going to say this. It makes no sense to me that you go out in free agency and spend all this money. You're looking at extensions for Lawrence Guy, Devin Gachu, Henry Anderson, Matt Judon. You signed Kyle Van Noy for a year. Like, just so many guys. Like, practically half your defense is guys you gave a pretty substantial amount of money to in free agency but you don't want to pay probably your most talented talented defensive player on the team I know last year he had a little setback with an injury and coming off his all pro year he didn't live up to those standards obviously he wasn't going to do it again but he did step back a little bit and then gets hurt he is up there in age he's what 31 30, just turned 31. Yep. So I do understand that. I understand those aspects, but he's still in the prime of his career. And I don't think if you add on an additional year to his contract, which you still have $11 million in salary, is going to kill you. I, I, I know this team wants to have some sort of like spending space, for like in-season moves, like if they want to make a trade for a guy that has a hefty chunk of salary, they can. But look at what the Dolphins did. I mean, they give a guy a couple million more dollars. So let's say like, let's say you give him four or five more million dollars in his salary bonus. You're looking at yourself being at six, seven million dollars left of cap space which still can get you seamlessly any player you want for a guy that for guys that are being traded at like the trade deadline usually it's never big star names so i am just kind of at a loss lost cause almost like i just don't really understand what's going on and why they're not just settling something maybe just giving in a little bit towards what he wants because before like last part of this is that 
the later and later this gets, you're looking at your last preseason game being played on Sunday. He's obviously not going to play in that. So worst or best case scenario is that he gets a week of practice in before the first regular season game of the season. Is that what you really want to do? You just want to like throw a guy out there just week one without having any training camp under his belt, without any preseason action, a guy that's coming off an injury like that. I mean, I understand he's a very, very, very good player, but still, I mean, it's just like the longer you wait, the worse and worse this gets. No, I mean, my whole thing with it is uh, sort of like the, the children's book. Uh, if you give a moose a muffin, um, <laughs> hey, listen, if you give a moose a muffin, he's he's going to ask for, for jam on the side or whatever the next line is. I mean, I think if you give Gilmore this money, what's Jackson going to ask for when his contract's up? What are some of these other guys going to ask for? You're going to set a precedent for good play from your secondary players to really your whole defense to expect market value. Granted, Gilmore's earned this money, but at the same time, I think what Belichick, and this is what Belichick has always done with every defensive player, really every player he's had, we're going to sign you to the price tag that we think we can afford you at and we think you're valued at for this team. If you think that's too high, you can sign somewhere else. He's done it countless times. If he knows that there is no possible way while you're still on the team that we could reach that mark, he'll trade you, just like he did with Chandler Jones. And Chandler Jones has been laying it up. But Belichick's not afraid to let guys go, no matter how acclaimed you are around the league. J.C. Jackson is an unreal cornerback. And, I mean, I have personally really like Jones and Mills. But I think what Belichick's doing is I think he's calling his bluff because do you really think that Gilmore is willing to sit out his age 31 season on a contract year to get more money in a position where there really is no money after the age of 31. Dude, I think Kyle Schwarber just tied it in the ninth. Let's go. We're back. Two run bomb. We're back. Let's go. Oh my gosh. Kyle Schwarber. They were down 4-2. Kike comes up, leadoff double. Next pitch, Kyle Schwarber, dead center. Dude, this team sucks. And Fenway is rocking. Dude, I was watching him at the bar at the bar earlier. Yeah. This team is really not fun to watch. Yeah. But they what were I so... wanted to say, what I wanted to say to you is that <laughs> I don't know if you just gained or lost a lot of credibility for comparing an all pro cornerback to a children's book. Listen, I, I can and I will. It's not the only thing I compared if you give him moves him up into. I, great, hey, we gave him his contract last year. Gave him a little, his money up front last year yeah. uh, with the restructuring of his deal. I mean, if we, if we don't have Gilmore, if we have Gilmore, huge plus. Automatically, we are probably on paper – I mean, I'm looking at the depth chart right now. On paper, one of the best defenses in the league. Take out Gilmore. 
we're still one of the best defenses in the league. We don't have to. This is Belichick. He has nickel and dimed for majority of his career. He finally is a big spender. I think he's going to try to wait out Gilmore because right now, I think at the current moment, the Patriots don't need Gilmore. Gilmore needs the New England Patriots because he cannot afford to not play this season. Yeah. I mean, because if he doesn't play this season, let's say, hey, gentlemen's agreement, hey, well, I are you for the year, then you can walk next season. Yeah. How much money is he going to pull? Oh, a lot. He's going to lose a lot of money. He's going to lose a ton of money. 32 year old cornerback, three years, three years removed from winning defensive player of the year, but 32 year old cornerbacks do not make a lot of money. And that's also the big difference between the money that Adams just made and uh, the guy in Miami there. uh, Zayvon Howard. Howard. Yeah. Howard just made those guys are young prime of their like in the middle of their prime several years left on their left on them i compared running backs to cars i'm going to compare gilmore to a car gilmore does not have that many more miles left on him and he is trying to get money for miles that he does not have left in him and i mean it's sad. i love gilmore but i mean Bud, you you need the Patriots. You you need to play this season. You you literally need to play for your next contract because he will not get anything he is expecting next offseason if he does not play this year. Yep. I mean the 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 big the big example I'm I can think of and I have it pulled up right now is Richard Sherman. Look at his numbers. Uh, he goes to San Francisco when he's 30. Uh, he starts 14 games. He doesn't record any interceptions, but he did have a pretty solid year. Um, and then when he his age 31, which is in t- t- 2019, he played in 15 games, recorded three interceptions, and had a pretty pretty decent year. And then 32, which was last year, he plays in five games, records one interception, gets hurt. So, I mean, you're looking, and then obviously Richard Sherman's pretty much done. And, I mean, and given what just went on with him, but another, another example. That he, his time has passed. Another example. I just, I'm pulling it up right now. Who, who in our lifetime, since me and you started watching the sport of football, who is the best cornerback you can think of off the top of your head? Darrell Revis. You know what age he retired at? I'm going to say 34. 32. He Jeez. played five games in his last season for the Kansas Jeez, City. Jeez, dude. And his career dropped off at 29. I'm thinking Gilmore's lucky, the football he's playing right now. And that's why I don't think the Patriots should pay him. This they this is a position much like running backs. It is a sharp and very sad decline. Yeah, and he is about to hit it. I'm I'm rooting he doesn't. I hope he plays this season for the Pats and is unbelievable. But this is a brutal, brutal, brutal position that does not show any love to you after the age of thirty. Hey, Ty Law played till he's thirty-five. Dylod did play till he was 35. 
But I mean, this is a brutal, brutal. This position, you have to be the most. This is the most athletic position on the field. And, I mean, it, it it's much like running backs. It is a sharp and sad decline, and I do not want to see it happen to Stephon Gilmore, and I do not want to see it to happen to Stephon Gilmore after the Patriots paid him a crap ton of money. Yep. I mean, I don't know. It's just there was a point where I was like, all right, this is obviously going to get done at some point, and now it's at the point where it's like, dude, what the fuck's going on? Like, Someone's got to give here. There, it's literally like a standstill. You said it. I mean, Belichick's calling bluff, and Gilmore is just sticking by it. I mean, he. It, I just don't know how this gets solved. I think ultimately, if I were to, if I were a betting man, I would say that they're just going to end up giving him like a small wager of bonus, not that much, and it's gonna like kind of be Belichick's gesture of saying okay like listen you were wrong but I'm not gonna like perceive you as that guy who just comes back because and has that like that tag on him think everyone's saying like oh like he just kind of gave up Belichick will give him something so it's like okay like at least like we did give you you know what I mean like they'll find the middle ground yeah I I do think it will get solved I have I have faith that a middle ground will be found. Um, I don't and, think he plays week one though. Oh, I don't either. I don't think he plays, but I don't think we need to play him the first two weeks of the season. If I'm gonna be completely yeah. honest, um, I mean we're going up against the Dolphins with Tua and the Jets with a rookie quarterback. Yeah, I don't think he needs to play week one. I think JC is good enough to slide into that cornerback one role, and then I mean. Jones and Mills are capable to slide in against those two teams, I honestly think. And, I mean, I think the, the big thing for him is if – I mean, I, I like to think they'll find the middle ground, but I really hope Belichick doesn't break and give him one of these mega, mega deals. Cause, yeah, no. No way. I mean, has he, has he earned it with past – like his contract, he he has played over the value of his contract a hundred percent. But I mean, this position isn't quarterback. It's not like Brady asking for like, "Hey, I took pay cuts in the past. Now give me now give me the money that I, you know, left on the table." It's not like that at all. This is a position where Stefan Gilmore could be out of the league in two years. Mm-hmm. It's. I mean, it, we see it happen all the time with cornerbacks, secondary guys, and running backs. Their careers end just like, just like that, done. And it happens overnight almost. You just you lose that step that you had. Yeah. But I mean, we got a capable cornerback right now with JC. I mean, we'll see. I hope I hope they find the middle ground though. I really do. But I hope it's. Not like uh, we look back on it <laughs> like we, it's three years from now and we're like, God, we're still paying stuff on Gilmore. You know? The reason you hope, the reason you hope they find the middle ground is because Stefan Gilmore turns a really, really good defense into an elite defense. And I'm not saying that lightly. Elite defense. Stars across the board. And with Gilmore, you're looking at six or sevens of the starters 
being absolute studs. Oh, you can absolutely. go down the list. I mean, him. So you get Gilmore, McCordy still still got some juice in him. Still J- very good. JC unreal. Yep. Um, High John Tower. Jones, one of the best uh, nickel corners in the league. Oh yeah. Then you got Hightower. Uh, they have most of them in a linebacker, but he's more of a slide down on the edge kind of okay. guy, you know. But yep. um, Judon, yep. obviously stud. I think Lawrence Guy and Wise are both very good. Mm-hmm. I mean, right there. And then, I mean, Kyle Duggar's coming into his own. Like Chase Winovich. Well, yeah, we'll see if he gets the field. I mean, what? He had two sacks versus the Eagles the other day? Yeah, I know, but for some reason, I think Belichick just hates him. I don't know why. <laughs> well, I do know why, because I'm, I'm very confident Belichick hates him. But, um, no, I mean, you look at this team, just, uh, I mean, really, look at this. I mean, I'm looking at the roster right now. This team is loaded at, like, yeah. most, like, our defense, top to bottom. Say we will about a couple of these guys, but, like, lot, a lot, a lot of great players and then a lot of above league average players which i mean hey at the end of the day that wins you football games offensive line all studs all studs on the offensive line i mean isaiah win was struggling against the against chase young but Mm -hmm. i mean every left tackle in the league has struggled against chase young so i'm not gonna really hold that against them then you look at our like tight ends henry smith Top three wide receivers, Aguilar, Myers, Bourne. Those are all, I mean, that's a solid, like, wide receiving core. Like, none of them studs, but those are three quality, quality targets. Running backs, Harris, White, and Stevenson, studs. And then you get to quarterback where that's really the only question of our team. And then you got Jake Bailey as our punter, the (laughs) reigning McCarran Punter of the Year award winner. I mean – this team, this this team's good. This team's really good on paper. Yeah. And then you also have, I mean, I hope, what's his name? Uh, you got Uche and Bentley too, who I think didn't have great seasons last year. But I hope now with Hightower and Van Noy, that like they'll just come in for a couple snaps. They'll start to come into their own this year. Yeah. So especially, lastly, especially Uche. Especially you, Jay. I think I think this year will be a big year for him. There's some buzz around him, and I, this guy leads into my next question. Last off, I want to know. I'll go first, so he gives you a second to think about it. Give me a under the radar guy on the roster, non quarterback um, guy that you think is going to be an X factor for this team. I'll go first. Um, my guy I'm going with is Adrian Phillips. He is listed as the starting strong safety right now, but that's obviously up in the air with Kyle Duggar and uh, Jalen Mills obviously being on the team as well. But Adrian Phillips is a seasoned vet. He's, I'm pretty sure he's just about 30, if not a little over 30. So he's a veteran guy, played a lot of, a lot of his years with the Chargers, um, he was a starter in most of those years, and oh wow, I'm pretty sure he's only twenty-eight. Wow, okay, I thought he was older. Anyways, this is a guy that started a lot of games for the the Chargers. Um, 
And I just think that given uh, being his second year, he's going to have a variety of roles. And I've heard nothing but good things from him out of camp. Heard that he's flown around. He's been often the best player on defense. Uh, he can cover tight ends, wide receivers. He can play over the top for you. Um, I just think that this is this is going to be a guy that you look at at the end of the season and be like, wow, like this is this guy was really came out of his shell. So uh, that's my guy. I'm curious to hear yours. So, um, Lord well, with, with you saying you thought he was older, see how like you think secondary guys are a lot older than they are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yep, it's it's the way they they are. But yep. uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see um, if Nordine wins the uh, kicking battle. I don't think he will because uh, Folk had a uh, great season for us last year. So I think it's Folk's job right now. Um, I'm very interested though about the the kickers um, because I mean, as we saw when uh, Gostowski left, when we didn't have Folk how just terrible it was to watch kickers that weren't like automatic. So I hope one of those two emerges as an automatic kicker that, you know, just anything within 40, they can just bury. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm going to stick with what I said with, I really am expecting a big year from Benley and Uche Um, with the way our linebackers are set up right now. So I'm looking at ESPN Um, right now. They have, our linebackers starting as as a trying a four three, nothing crazy there, very standard. But it has a, it has Judon obviously Hightower and Van Noy as our starting linebackers. Um, those are all three guys that kind of like to come across the edge and rush up the middle. Mm-hmm. So that will leave room for on passing plays and basically other situations, especially with Hightower's age, how he can't really cover the zones as well as he used to for Benley and Uche to step up and really like show more being a good linebacker in the passing game. And I really think that one of them has to step up if our defense wants to sort of, I mean, last year we had a really good defense, but like us to like, elevate into uh i was just making a hand gesture like people can see me but um (laughs) elevate into uh you know that top tier defense we need like one or both of them that'd be awesome if both of them can step up their game obviously i thought i thought last year bentley got kind of thrown into the ringer with hightower opting out he became the defensive place at caller van neubach's obviously huge but I mean, man, I think Uche and Bentley can can have really big seasons on this defense with the way that our top three linebackers like to play. Mm-hmm. All right, and, I like I mean, it. Also, your boy, your boy Winovich, if he can get out there and prove that he he can get it done, I, I would love to see him be able to get it done. Because yeah, he's got to stay healthy. He ha- has to stay healthy. Has to. I it goes for a lot of these guys, but. I mean, and also, one last thing. This is really just a team thing. The offensive line, um, this offensive line on paper is unreal. Yep. Obviously, with a concern with offensive line for any team, just because of how injury-prone the positions are, have to stay healthy. We obviously know Isaiah Wynn has been dealing with injury problems. 
David Andrews missed a whole season because of a uh, cardiac problem. That seems to be good. And then Shaq Mason's been battling a little bit of injuries his whole career, and so has Trent Brown. I think offensive line staying healthy is key. And if the offensive line stays healthy, big, big, big for this team. And that will just help who is ever a quarterback and our run game. I, I really think the offensive line is going to be huge for the Patriots this year. And if our offense, our defense speaks for itself, but if our offense is going to do anything, the offensive line needs to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, depth, depth is the word for this team. I, I don't think I've seen um, as much depth from a Patriots roster than this one uh, outside of quarterback. I know the big question mark is there, but, Everywhere else, you have a guy or or two, and honestly, some three. So definitely, 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 is this team is going to ride on a lot of different guys, a lot of different components, just given the stature of not knowing what you're getting from your quarterback. And, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be, it's going to be fun. It's a, it, this is a different challenge for Bill Belichick. And the reason why I asked that question of um, unsuspecting X factors for this team is because there are going to be some, 100%. There are going to be some massive ones. I know every team can say that they get those every year, like one guy rises. But this team is going to have multiple, that's for sure. There's too many good, good, talented players on this team for all of them to just settle into backup roles and sit there the whole year. So... Um, pretty much wraps up our Patriots talk. Sitting at an hour and fourteen minutes, just about. Jesus, that went fast. Yeah, uh, we were gonna hit on the Red Sox, but I don't think we're gonna do that, especially because Josh Donaldson hit a two-run bomb in the top of the tenth. Six-four oh, Twins right now. Yep. Dude, so, um, fucking team. What do we say here? Red Sox next episode, and then. That'll yeah, probably be even, in the next weekish. Yeah, if you even want to talk about them. I mean, oh no, we 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 definitely gonna talk about them. <laughs> okay, I gotta I gotta go off a little bit. Who who pitched tonight, Pavetta? Yeah, he sucked. Oh my god, dude. Yep, and it was one of it's the, it's the bum reliever that they got at the deadline that let up this home run. Oh, big, Donaldson. big fudge. Yeah, fucking Robles. Yeah. Yeah. He let up a bomb. So, uh, what do we say here? It was fun to watch. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to save that for next episode, though, because I'm, I'm not going to get into it because I won't stop. So, next episode, we'll be giving you some Red Sox talk. Um, maybe sprinkle in some, something else. Maybe having to do with maybe Celtics, maybe Bruins. They've been up to some stuff. Um, and then after that, we'll be looking at Right around the time Patriots open up week one, we'll have that all break broken down for you. Pats, Dolphins in Gillette. Week one, football back. It's a good time to be alive. Great time to be alive. I for don't... sure. So, yeah, we're, we're going to end it right off, right off here. So, we'll be seeing you very soon. Sorry for the, for the lack of posting throughout the course of this summer, but... We're back for sure. I mean, if anyone's upset, we're we're fucking working.
Relax. We were feeding the fam, all right? Yeah. Chill the fuck I have, out. I have three kids at home. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll see you guys later. Have a good Peace. one. Peace out.